In this episode, we're headed back to the land of wagons, and this time we're taking on the nutrition side of things. If you feel like you're constantly on and off the proverbial nutrition wagon, this episode is for you. And we're taking on a big question. If you keep falling on and off the wagon, are you even on the right wagon to begin with? So put on your straw hat and grab the reins. You're listening to the Average Climber Podcast. going i actually have a really funny fun fact today that is actually a listener correction wow so (laughs) is the fun fact that we got something wrong because that's not that fun or is the fun fact an update to one of our previous fun facts it is actually a correction of something that i said so i will we're in this together we did it we We, both published it okay i'm ready so Okay, past episode, (laughs) if you doth recall, magpies, does that ring a bell? Uh, yes. When we (laughs) talked about birds. Oh, this is is right in time for Halloween. Birds of death. Winged death. Okay, do go on. Winged death. So in this episode, I said that magpies were terrible creatures, but it turns (laughs) out- That sounds like an opinion. You can't- (laughs) Go on. But- My opinion, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. (laughs) Moral of the story. And so my one of our listeners, who is a lovely client of mine, he is an ornithologist, and he sent me a correction because he goes, well, you are likely misinformed. Actually, no, he probably doesn't sound like that. I'm sorry, Caitlin's client. You're probably awesome. And you're an ornithologist. That's so cool. Okay, Very awesome client. And we actually discovered that I got it wrong. So it's not magpies. It is actually grackles that I hate. So let me, (laughs) I don't know how I got this wrong, but apparently it's possible in the American Southwest because (laughs) they can sometimes look similar. But instead of, you know, harshing on magpies, let me actually tell you some very fun facts about them, considering that I am wrong about what Wait, can we back up? Yes. What about, what did you confuse, what did you blame magpies for that it was actually the grackles that were to blame? So, great question. I am just rushing to get to the fun parts because the magpies actually terrify me now and I will honor them for all time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I, in New Mexico, in southern New Mexico where we used to live, grackles are so loud and they would sit outside my window and yell at me. They would just like squawk at me. And someone had told me that those were actually magpies. And apparently magpies and grackles look very similar in the American Southwest. And I don't know at what point I just assumed they were the same bird, but uh, turns out they're not. And I'm happy to be corrected because like I said, um, magpies are terrifying, but rightfully so. (laughs) Okay, wait, so what's so scary about magpies then? Okay, so magpies are very interesting. They mate for life. Very cool, cool. Um, (laughs) They also are one of the most intelligent birds and possibly one of the most intelligent animals to exist. Mm -hmm. Their brain-to-body mass ratio is outmatched only by humans and equals that of aquatic mammals and great apes. Whoa, that is fucking scary. So they're the smartest bird. And it gets more interesting. So in case anyone's wondering about magpie facts, you're welcome for your next party, by the way. Uh, (laughs) They also have the ability to make and use tools. They actually portion out their food for their young with self-made utensils for proper meal sizes. What? They also imitate human speech. They grieve and they play games and they work in teams. I mean, this is just 
crazy. But here's the the last fact I'll give you that's pretty metal. These birds are friggin' cool. They will actually have funerals and squawk and cry around their dead ones. Oh my god. So, there is, you have it. <laughs> I'm really that is a lot. I'm scared and I also want I'm not, I'm going to do my best to see if we can get Josh to put a grackle call versus a magpie call and I just want everyone to please wherever you are sitting right now, I was mature about the word grackle and I did not giggle at it. <laughs> once oh josh has typed in our little <laughs> chat that he can add a grackle and magpie call here i will put a a, a a moment of silence for the fact that i was mature for like two whole minutes um so well thank you Kate. thank you thank you to our lovely listener for correcting us yes i appreciate that i will never say their name in vain again i'm so sorry magpies <laughs> sorry, magpies um please don't <laughs> please don't steal my forks for or my tupperware <laughs> For when you're meal prepping for your children, just like for your children, the and, Magpie Mommy yeah. Blogs. That's a good oh mommy God. blog name. Except for, well, anyways, if anyone's looking for that, that's a good brand for you. So, you're welcome again. You're welcome again. Wow, we've given you so much useful information. We might as well stop now, but we won't because we've prepared a whole thing. So, welcome. Hello. You're listening to the Average Climber Podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm a certified personal trainer and climbing coach. And this is my lovely co-host, Caitlin. This is me, Caitlin. I'm smiling in the cameras. If you can Caitlin, see. Caitlin like little did like a little dink with her shoulder that you can't see. She's like, dink. <laughs> dink <in me. laughs> it's, it is I, Caitlin Holmes. I am a certified nutrition specialist and I work with all of you super rad climbers out there. <laughs> uh, Josh is going to add a dink sound. So you're also welcome for that. <laughs> too much fun here well today if you have already listened to part one which even if you haven't that's okay we're talking about bandwagons and because we got so into the training bandwagon conversation we wanted to give a whole second part about the nutrition bandwagon so we yeah here we are (laughs) we are let's talk about it no i'm very excited because the the training the the discussion of bandwagons for training and that of nutrition are just couldn't be more different in how mm-hmm. you're going to view the proverbial wagon, if you will. So, yes. Caitlin, do you, let's just dive in. What is kind of the big difference between the training bandwagon and what we're going to discuss here today as we talk about the nutrition bandwagon? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that like when we hear about hopping off and on the bandwagon, I think that especially with nutrition, there's more nuance that's worth talking about here because they're technically not the same thing. And like you said, they're kind of like complete opposites, really. And (laughs) that's what's interesting about them. So the question I'll pose to kind of get us started is if you fall off the bandwagon again and again, is it really the right we're talking diet and nutrition here. Is it really the right diet for you? So when you fall off a bandwagon, it's kind of different from the training bandwagon, you know, with different time points throughout the year, like maybe we get busy or stressed or motivation changes, or just really the time that we have can, can differ. And then we'll repick up that training later in the year. We, you know, listen to part one. There's a lot yeah. of juicy stuff Listen from there. Lauren in if there. If you're like, how do I, yes. But with, with, and with training, it's a similar thing. Like you still want to be on, you know, you want your wagon, right wagon to fit you correctly, yeah. but it's pretty normal. Like there should be some like on and off the wagon with yeah. training to some degree, but with nutrition, it seems like it's not the same. And to Caitlin's mm-hmm. point, if you can't seem to stick with it, is this really, are you even, is this the right wagon? Are you, are you even on even your right schooner? West? Are you, have you, did you not even tar your schooner? <laughs> are you just on a wayward schooner actually going east? You don't know. So You don't know. But <laughs> when you, but like the thing with, I think the bandwagon conversation that always frustrated me is if you fall off a bandwagon, I think people just feel like failures. And Mm. it really just comes back to the point of like, maybe it's not the correct bandwagon for you. And unlike with training, you can switch things up or make changes and it's pretty small timeframes. Nutrition just is so emotionally charged for a lot of people. And 
if we don't even feel like we have this emotion attached to it, we still have these conditioned thoughts. When something doesn't work for us, we feel like failures. And that is just not true. Like as we talk about this, the term like yo-yo dieting is coming Mm. to mind or people being like, oh, I'm going to eat whatever I want this week. So I'll start my diet next week. Like all these things. I feel like that's like that's sort of the antithesis of what you yep. want nutrition to be for people. So can you talk a little bit about how, so I think when we talk about like yo-yo dieting or like being on and off again with like some form or way of eating, can you talk about why we're attracted to maybe fad diets or like the new yeah. sexy thing? Like maybe can we dig into that a little bit? Well, I I think exactly what you said. They're it's sexy, right? Like new things are fun and cool. And it's like, well, FOMO, everybody else is doing it. So I want to try it too. But I also think that they tend to promise us something, right? So maybe it's weight loss. Maybe it's some type of beauty standard we're trying to hold ourselves to or a health goal. Maybe it's longevity. Maybe it's disease prevention or it's just plain trendy. And of course- or it's like know, got all- moral superiority to it, like yes. clean eating. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's, some of those things aren't necessarily, you know, bad per se. Like yep. it's totally fine to want to, you know, be attracted to a diet for the purpose of disease prevention and health. But if it comes along with this, you know, trendy, like, oh, I'm, I'm doing the keto diet and it's excellent and I'm amazing, then it's obviously a different story. (laughs) Right. And then I guess, okay, with that, I kind of have not to play, I mean, I guess I'll play devil's advocate a little bit with this question. Like (laughs) what makes, in your mind, what makes something like actually health promoting and like good for someone and what is just like a fad diet that's maybe not based Mm. in anything that's going to be useful and like kind of how would you differentiate that for yourself or even like run an experiment with a way of eating like effectively yeah well I think (laughs) yeah loaded but (laughs) yeah I think with different diets it's it can be challenging because if it is something that's out there and it is a prescribed diet that asks you to either eliminate a food or restrict a food or completely change your way of eating. So for example, if all of a sudden, like let's say this diet is the anti-white rice diet. This does not exist, I don't think, unless it's Just clean wait. eating. Just wait. <laughs> I know. Now that I said it, Caitlin, the out of arbit- context. <laughs> Caitlin, out of- just wait until the arbitrarily we're telling you to eat brown rice only, even though it has like barely any difference. And maybe there's a little <laughs> bit more fiber, but we're just going to be yeah. really militant about that for no reason. That probably is a diet. Anyways, you're, go on. You're probably right. But <laughs> if, so if we're the anti-white rice diet, but that is all that someone knows how to prepare, that's all someone likes and that's what they have access to and feels the best for them that is a huge food source that is no longer being eaten. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those nutrients can then, you know, if they're not being replaced elsewhere in the diet, which oftentimes I would say those fad diets don't necessarily promote that, then it becomes this, this issue of, you know, understanding, is this right for me? If it actually excludes some of my favorite foods or foods that are important to me, maybe culturally or traditionally too. And I think that that's a, probably a, a good point too to just you know ask yourself and figure out if it's if it doesn't feel good and it's too far from what you already do is it really the right thing for you and if it sounds too good to be true it probably is yeah Ooh, okay <laughs> if you were going to tell someone how to run a self check-in on because I'm we're not here to say like don't ever try to change your diet because why the fuck yeah. would you be listening to a podcast about nutrition <laughs> if part of your idea wasn't to like make tweaks to your nutrition obviously mm-hmm. um, but if you're like going maybe you're gonna try like a full a full like new set of rules for eating or maybe you're just gonna try like one shift whatever it may be like how would you tell someone to kind of like check in with themselves to figure out if this go- is going to be the actual correct wagon, if you will? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I guess you could ask yourself kind of a, a, a series of questions, perhaps, if, if you feel inclined. I love but this. So I get also... your pens and pencils out and get ready to reflect. So let's go. Reflect, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I might start by asking, do I feel excited to eat? And am I satiated by my meals and my snacks? And I start here because if you're like 
mm, great chicken broccoli and rice i'm this is awful then that's probably <laughs> not for you you know so if that you know level of clean eating as i call it bro science diet chicken broccoli and rice it's oh, a great yeah. meal big it fan, is a great but... meal you can add stuff to it to make it better exactly. like a lot but of garlic and parmesan cheese but there you go maybe some yep. butter too if maybe a lot of bun. butter yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but if that you know if you look at your meals and you're just like Ugh, I don't love anything that I'm eating. I don't feel excited. And also if you don't typically feel satiated by your meals, you know, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean you stop eating as soon as you're full, but this could even be beyond fullness. If you don't feel like you're getting, you know, a, a good meal in throughout your day, I should say meals, then that's probably a good indicator that something needs to change. I might also ask the question, does my body feel like it's getting energy and is it recovering well from exercise? Because even though we think about the foundational diet as, you know, like, okay, maybe excited by what we eat all day, every day, maybe not all the time. Yeah. But if, if you feel like you're, you know, roughly satiated all day, but you don't recover well from your energy, from your exercise, and you feel like your energy is pretty low throughout the day, that might mean that something's not working too, or you could make tweaks somewhere. It doesn't even have to be a full overhaul, but maybe that just means your fueling strategies could be a little bit better or supportive of your needs. Yeah. That's such a good, ooh, okay. I have kind of like a weird question for you that I just thought of. I love it. So I feel like this maybe dates back to when I was like a kid, but if I was ever like given something for dinner that I wasn't like excited to eat, mm. I would like eat it because I was not allowed to leave the dinner table until it was like basically gone. <laughs> but then yeah. I would make sure to try to eat something I actually like afterwards or I would like negotiate eating something else in addition that I actually mm. liked do you, you is there yeah i'm i'm sure i was a blast to raise thanks parents <laughs> <laughs> i have a but, fun story for you after your question oh <laughs> uh, yes yeah, so my question is if we aren't feeling like satisfied by our meals because they aren't tasty enough is there a chance that we'd like overeat by kind of like doing exactly what i just said or a chance that we for some reason won't feel satiated because we didn't like it, even though we theoretically had enough food. I know it's a super weird question, but I've just like experienced this before where I like will eat something kind of. And also yeah. probably now that I think about it, if I don't really like it, I may not finish it. So I may mm -hmm. actually not be eating enough, but yeah, there's my question. Let's see. Yeah. What <laughs> well, question with a question. Have you ever <laughs> felt like after a meal that you were kind of eh about, you're like, okay, time for the next amazing snack in my day or like dessert or you just yeah you really want something else it's like almost yep. as if that meal wasn't satisfying enough so your body's still like mm, no mm. I'm gonna yeah that's exactly what I'm describing hour. yeah I'm gonna stare at the fridge until something I actually want appears yes yes precisely. exactly so I actually think the the model that a lot of probably our parents have used over the decades of forcing children <laughs> to eat and finish their plates is so I think that can do a lot of damage. And I know like even for me, it's it's one of those things that if I don't finish my plate or if somebody gives me food and I don't finish it or I just don't like it, it's like this overwhelming sense of guilt. And I feel like I can't leave what's on my plate there. Like every little piece has to be eaten. And that's something I'm still working on too, like full disclosure. But I, I think that that can potentially be harmful. Um, and certainly something that I know a lot of us probably still struggle with. Like for example, when I was a kid too, I, my mom would want me to eat peas and I was like, God, any other vegetable, like why peas? No. These are just at the time. I love them now. They're delicious now, but yeah, I know you're also a, a fan of green peas, but as a four-year-old, I was not thrilled. And so what I would do after meals, because I would sit in front of the TV to watch my meals as a true 90s child, and <laughs> I would I would line up all of the peas underneath the Lazy Boy. And one day my mom spun it around and I was standing behind her and she's like, hey, what what is that? <laughs> and I'm like, I just ha apparently shit eating grin on my face. <laughs> 
And she was like, she was, she was so mad, but she couldn't even get super mad at me because she thought it was so funny. And I was like, I mean, mm, it's so good. <laughs> so moral of the story, if you're, if you are forcing your child to eat food, don't because they will hide it in your house and it'll get smelly. Wait, so did you put them in like a little line? Yes. Like a little psycho, like Legos? Like a psycho. A psycho key Lego child. I'm the lazy boy. (laughs) Oh my God. That's my favorite. That's so funny. That makes so much sense. Uh, I did did, did something similar where I think one time I said I was going to like finish I had to finish some, it was like an apple or something and I fucking didn't. And I sucked. I was also four. I was not very clever. I put it because I wanted dessert. So I had to finish the apple, which is also like a good snack. But anyways, I just put the apple in the top of the trash can, like a third finished. Uh, And then my parents were like, Lauren, what the fuck is this? You're not getting dessert. And I'm like, you're right. You got me. That's fair. (laughs) You figured it out. Also, if you're just not in the mood for an apple, I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I I don't know. Being a parent seems really hard. You guys are all doing great, but that's, uh, that kills me. It's it's another thing to figure out, but I feel like it's, it's definitely important to just eat in a way that feels good for you, that satiates you. I know not every meal, like I'm not sitting here telling you to eat your absolute favorite foods every single meal of the day, but really the bulk of your diet should be foods that you like. If you really don't like kale, don't eat it. Stop eating it. It's like, it's not. Yeah. And don't wear a kale yash. If you don't like it though, get your kale yash shirt somewhere else. And just also don't wear that shirt. I'm sorry if you have a kale yash shirt. I'm not a big graphic t-shirts fan. I say this is someone selling our average climber graphic t-shirt, but I don't know. Anyways, that's the I'm one stop graphic talking. shirt you own. The one graphic shirt I will actually wear. Um, there's a few other ones. So if, if I'm if I'm wearing your logo as a company, know that it is special because I typically it's important. You should feel special. <laughs> Wait, are there any other questions that you would kind of ask yourself um, as yeah. you figure out if a certain if a certain wagon is the correct mm-hmm. wagon? Is is your wagon wrong? Yes. More questions. Get your wagon right. <laughs> Annie, get your wagon. <laughs> yes. Uh, other questions I would ask. Wow, that really threw me off. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, what other musicals can I throw in here? Uh, uh, I love it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to uh, stop. Let's go on. <laughs> we'll get through this and then we can get to a break. But I would also say am I experiencing any symptoms after my meals? Because if you're like, wow, after this very specific vegan meal, I feel like I'm going to just, for lack of better words, poop my pants, then you're probably, you know, maybe reconsider, first of all, how you're chewing. That's a big part of it. But also maybe change up, just change it up a little bit or I don't know, diversify, like it's beyond just what I'm saying here, but it is really important. If you're, if your meals consistently make you feel a certain way, that's not fun. You might consider that maybe there's something that could be changed. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Cause I've done this before where I've, you know, got some like, yeah, this was a long time ago, but gotten some like Fitzbo book Mm. and then there's like a nutrition guide in it and it's like these foods are just canceled now and i've like looked at them and been like why the fuck can't i eat chickpeas like just i remember that in one of them like chickpeas are canceled now and i was like fucking why i want hummus (laughs) like i don't know so would you what would you say to someone that's like maybe reading through some like new list of how to eat and then you're like i don't get it yeah (laughs) (laughs) well if you're looking at something like that and the food is canceled but or even if you exclude certain foods like on a daily basis for example too it's really important to ask yourself why you're excluding those foods you know like which foods am i either intentionally or unintentionally avoiding and excluding mm-hmm. and why you know are you avoiding i'll give the example of white rice again are you avoiding white rice because our diet culture has told us that it's bad or less healthful than the other grains out there? Mm -hmm. Are you excluding certain types of fats because we also are scared to eat those? I think it's important to connect with why. And if you don't actually know why you're excluding something, for example, I had a client once ask me why certain foods with health labels are 
or actually why long food labels are something that diet culture talks about, like only eat foods with labels that you can pronounce all the foods. And that's just so idiotic because a lot of those foods have fortified products or they have some type of enriched additional vitamins Mm. and minerals in there because some processes with making foods, those are either somehow lost in the process or they just want to add them back in because we love vitamins and minerals. And I was like, you know, if you don't actually understand why you're excluding foods and you don't know what's going on, is is that a food you should exclude? I also want to just take a moment to make a quick point about the rule about if you can't pronounce it, you shouldn't be eating it. Some of y'all, mm-hmm. gyros, you don't get to eat those anymore because it's not a fucking gyro um, or d'oeuvres. You're not allowed to have that either because half horse of y'all are calling it horse d'oeuvres, whatever you're saying. So just think about that for a moment. And it's foie gras, and that's delicious. So this is foie a dumb grass. rule. Foie grass, Jesus Christ. But that is the stupidest, like, catchiest, dumbest thing, but seriously. No, it's totally just true. Keep it it's in like- check. If you that makes no sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense. Like a lot of those ingredients, like I've even given the example of Wonder Bread because I think a lot of people are like, ew, white bread, that's so bad. And I'm like, well, it's not necessarily like obviously it's just fun. Yeah, there are probably better options depending on what you're looking for. But if you freaking love white bread, if you love Wonder Bread and you're like, this is the bread for me, childhood dreams, and you're like, oh, well, there's a lot of shit in the ingredients list. Well, half of those are probably enriched vitamins and minerals. So it's not as if it's like toxic waste in there. It's just you know, maybe there are some ingredients that we don't want all the time, but in terms of it having a long list of bad things, I don't think that's true. That so, is a great that's point. That's my spiel. An excellent but side tangent. Any other my, questions you'd yeah. kind of use to check in with yourself on yep. if a, a new like diet is actually mm-hmm. something that's working for you? Yeah. The last big question I guess I would ask is what else would I love to have in my diet? Or which habits would I prefer to adopt to help meet my dietary needs or daily nutrition needs? Because this is also something to help you connect to your own personalized diet. Because if you consistently exclude a food, but you're like, hey, I actually really like that food. And when I have it, it makes me feel good. Then maybe that's a food you include on a more regular basis. Or maybe it's a habit that you'd prefer, like an afternoon snack. And maybe in the past, diet culture has said, don't eat snacks before bed or something like that. But you're like, I actually really like that and it works well for me. Then connect to that because asking yourself these questions helps bring awareness. And that awareness helps you make those decisions that feel best for you. So. Yeah. That's all I got. I love that. Well, let's take let's wrap it up there and take take a quick little break. Let's do it. Hot five. Caitlin, you know what I notice every time I go back home to Ohio? What, Lauren? That it is so freaking humid. And I don't know if I'm making it up, but I have the hardest time staying hydrated when it's this sticky out (laughs) i bet the midwest is so sticky it really is yeah it's pretty gross but you know what i found kind of helps me drink more water and stay hydrated while i am back home in the grand midwest Ooh, what gnarly's hydrate powder because i feel like whenever i put hydrate powder in my water that i drink more water because it's tasty and then i'm more hydrated because of that I do the exact same thing. And yeah, it's it's actually really great for hydration because the electrolytes in it help move water and nutrients throughout our body. And then it helps maintain fluid balance within our cells. So pretty cool. And I actually recommend this to all my sweaty climbers too. It's great. Awesome. I love that. Well, that makes a lot of sense as to why <laughs> hydrate powder helps me stay hydrated when I am back in the sticky Midwest. And also having a crappy training session because I'm dehydrated is just, I just really do not have time for that. No. So no, we do not have time for that. And listener, if you don't have time for that either, then check out Gnarly Nutrition's Hydrate Powder. You can check out all the awesome flavors at gonarly.com. And pst, the raspberry is my favorite. That Grapefruit's flavor, mine. Oh, nice. Yes. Those <laughs> 
flavors are great. You will drink more water and you will be hydrated because of the electrolytes. So go gnarly.com. Check it out right now. climber, you're basically a superhero. I mean, you're walking up walls. Your fingers can hoist your body up on tiny edges. You're getting upside down. You're swinging through the sky. And what do superheroes need most of all? Capes? No. A cool car? No. An exceptionally long and drawn out storyline in which their likeness and brand is repurposed over and over again for the monetary gain of large corporations? Well, okay, also no. What they really need is a theme song. But your theme song has to fit you, right? It has to make sense. So to help you find your theme song and learn a little bit about the way you personally train for climbing, I made you a quiz. So if you're ready to find your theme song, head on over to the show notes and take the quiz right now. And we're back from whatever break we've had. (laughs) (laughs) We are, we are ready to go. Okay. So Caitlin, I wanted to ask you this because I think people, okay. I do feel a little bit, uh, well, I feel bad for all of us because the world is rife (laughs) with like not good nutrition information. And also, um, the, the way certain diets can be presented is, I mean, there's a reason I tried the keto diet, right? Like somewhere yeah. on the line, someone wrote something that convinced me that it was going to be a fun time to like drink olive oil, which I literally did when I was on the keto diet because I was having <laughs> such a hard time finding foods that I could eat that didn't make my stomach hurt, but also fit the yeah. whatever. Anyways, someone wrote something that was so good that I was drinking olive oil at 11 o'clock at night, right? So I definitely like- Very compelling. Yeah, I was compelled. So I feel for all of us in that like things can be really attractive and you can consider yourself like a well-read person and try to like read up on it. You'll even Mm -hmm. read research studies maybe that will make you think like this is a great idea and then still be like disheartened to find out that for whatever reason you really hate it and you don't like it and it's not working for you. So if you had to, and from working with you, I've kind of come to realize that like- anything that's fully laid out that's supposed to generically work for everyone you'll Mm -hmm. probably find as you go through it that there's going to be certain things that don't exactly work and you got to figure it out for yourself a little bit which is cool but also unfortunate because it means that we can't just like follow a blueprint and not (laughs) if Um, only only. there's so so much bias (laughs) yes exactly so if you were trying to like lay out your philosophy on how to sort of figure out if it's the right wagon and kind of like give people a few like tips as they go forward what would you say yeah I feel like with it's like I know it's not as sexy to not follow like a specific diet that's laid out for you like I know and you can't even brag about it either you'll just be like I've actually found a diet that just works for me that I have like a healthy relationship with food because that's not as cool as being like I haven't (laughs) eaten the carb in 11 years because I'm on whatever like you know what yeah. I mean? you don't get any dietary nar points from just figuring out dietary nar points oh my god no <laughs> joke though like I feel like there are always going to be some outliers right like I yeah. think for some people there are some diets that work very well but yeah. they are also doing their own thing like for you Lauren where you were trying to figure out like god I can't do anything except eat olive oil like you were looking for ways to make it work that's like a big <laughs> indicator that it's like well okay that no stopper right there <laughs> yeah big but I do think like for climbers if you're we'll get philosophical but your diet is really yours alone. Like there's no such thing as the perfect diet except for the one that makes you feel consistently energized, satiated, excited about, you know, generally what you're eating. And also it's important to just, you know, remember that like your, maybe your diet does feel like fun and sexy for you because you're like, I put in the time and I'm amazing. I rock. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think it's also important to note like what works for your friends and family may not actually work for you. If you're like, 
my BFF does this diet and she said she feels so good. Well, okay, chances are, since you are a very different human being, you might like all the same things, but that does not mean that your genetics are the same or your preferences have to be either. So just remember that you can select different foods than other people around you. I know that gets a bit challenging when you have family or you live with someone as both Lauren and I do, but <laughs> yeah. as often as you can eat together and eat foods that you all like, you know, like for example, we make compromises in my house. I really love this one pad thai meal and my husband really likes ramen and it's not that I don't love ramen. I just hate making all the parts to it and it's like, Dude. well... Big you get facts. your meal, I get my meal. Sometimes yes. we don't like the meals, but we just, you know, <laughs> it's what we do, a sacrifice. <laughs> and I also think if you feel like something is exceptionally hard to stick to, you know, like if you are at midnight chugging a gallon of olive oil, I'm yeah. pulling this out of context, but if that's you and you identify with Lauren in that instance, it's not for you. Don't. Yeah, that's not – if you're like, why am I making – like, life's – guys, life's already hard. Like, <laughs> shit is not easy. Things are not easy. So don't make eating extra super duper hard by trying to take on some crazy diet. Yeah, I yeah. probably should have figured out that when I was, like, drinking olive oil on week one after realizing that I hadn't had nearly enough food and I was like, you know, that should have been the point. Where. Yeah. To be fair, I do love olive oil. It wasn't actually yes. that sad. And Caitlin has literally watched me just put butter directly into my mouth when I'm really hungry and I should have eaten more. <laughs> so it wasn't the worst experience, it, but it was a little. It could be it better. Was, it was a little sad. Like, I think I would be in a rom Like, if my life was a movie, it'd probably be a rom com because when things are rock Absolutely. bottom for me, it's truly olive oil drinking hysteria. So. Yeah, rom-com sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, but if like that is what's going, yeah, to Caitlin's point, if it seems like something's just so out of whack that you're like doing that or mm-hmm. whatever equivalent, probably means that there could be something more sustainable you need, for you. Yeah, maybe maybe that schooner is the wrong one and yes. you, mis- you mistook it for yours, but it actually is not correct. So you're heading west on the wrong wrong way. Yes. <laughs> yes. You but are not on the right train. You need no. to check your bus pass. <laughs> yes. And I do think it's important to note that if for like with a healthy diet, it doesn't have to ever include certain foods or exclude certain foods. So I'll give the examples again. If you hear it's the new superfood kale, you don't have to include that just because someone said it was a superfood on Good Morning America or wherever they talk about it. And same thing if someone says like, oh, well, that food is not healthy or is gross or whatever, insert you know, unnecessary food rule here, then, you know, you don't have to exclude that food either. It's just all about what works for you because all foods can have a place in the diet. And if you're eating enough calories and balancing macros and micronutrients that your body needs, that's the most important thing. So I would rather you, let's, I'll give an example. If the only thing that you could possibly be interested in eating tonight for dinner client just gave me this example. So I'm going to use it. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, I only had a homemade, it was a locally made uh, Rice Krispie tree and nothing else sounded good. I was like, well, then eat that. I mean, I know it sounds pretty ridiculous to us to be like, oh, well, that's all I'm going to eat. But truthfully, if your only option in your brain is either a Rice Krispie tree or nothing, it's better to eat something than nothing because at the end of the day, those calories are vital for us. And if we're not consuming enough calories, we're going to see a lot of things that we don't want to see happen. And it's important for our long-term health to have those calories consistently coming in. So maybe when you have that Rice Krispie treat, you'll suddenly be like, I'm ready for my next meal because I am no longer a creature in the mountains anymore. (laughs) I love, wait, actually I have kind of a personal example that I want to share because like, this is something that I feel like it's kind of like my you diet technique for my like personal thing that has been really working for me. And 
I just sometimes I'm like, oh, this could be better. But other times I'm like, but it's working. So don't try to fix it or whatever. So anyways, yeah. I'll give this example because I feel like maybe it's relevant to people that are like worried that if they like do the diet they like that they're just going to eat fast food and, you know, not eat well all the time. Right. Which is kind of, you know, that's a whole thing. But mm-hmm. so basically I figured out that I just constantly my like two big things I buy at the grocery store. I buy the biggest thing of Welch's fruit snacks. And I buy the little like baby food go squeeze packets that are the combination Mm -hmm. of like fruits and veggies. And essentially when I go train, I just shove a shit ton of both of those in my backpack so that I have Mm -hmm. kind of an unlimited amount of like carby snacks I can eat before and during my session. And it works great. And then I just have them on hand and it's super convenient. And I kind of did the same thing yesterday when I was out climbing. Like I had like a bunch of like salami and cheese to like get some protein in but then my carb snacks were literally just like those things and I will say at my actual meals I eat like a lot of vegetables so I kind of am just getting that stuff in there but I'm wondering mm-hmm. I'm like you could pick carbs that are a little more like natural or more like maybe nutrient rich and blah 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 but I'm also like but it's convenient and it's like working so is that bad you know no, I yeah no don't don't gaslight yourself and mistrust yourself because yeah like I was gonna ask you like what's what's bad about those snacks like I think those are excellent those are me approved and (laughs) like yeah your your snacks around your training but also as like quick snacks they don't have to be like I can't even I can't even think of like it doesn't have know. to be like nuts and dates and like do I like yeah, it? yeah but do I want to like I can't just quickly like you got to pick the pit out and all this shit and you got to chew it and I'm like no I want to be able to like exactly smash and go like smash and go like yeah the gummies and like apple sauces or like baby foods like those are so convenient and that's half the battle too like if you don't already consume snacks around your sessions or like throughout the day is it like if it it's because you're not getting snacks that you actually like it's like the example we've given in the past you know if you have a bag of blanched boring ass nuts in your back seat you you're like yeah i have that in my back seat i'll eat that never no. so <laughs> it's just it's important to select things you like and I mean, even for me, I've made changes recently, and this one is one that I don't talk about all that often because I'm still kind of perplexed why I followed this for so long, but here it goes. So recently, I was trying to figure out how I could slightly increase calories and protein at each mealtime, and I was like, hmm, well, calories in whole milk are a bit more than like almond milk, I wonder if I could switch it. And so I started switching and then I had this whole existential crisis of like, well, why have I been drinking almond milk for 15 years? Ooh. It's not good. It's, it it's not straight up. <laughs> like oat milk is way better as far as milk yeah. substitutes go. Like totally. Like, yeah. It's also it's, shout out my friend Galena. Oatly is the way to go. That is the superior mm-hmm. oat milk. Absolutely. Of the oat milks. Yes. Um, yeah. These Oatly, are just facts. This is not disputable. I also, <laughs> I also really like. I ca- always call it wrong, Califia or Califia or something. It's like a different pronunciation than I give it, but I like them too. But like, bottom line, these are not uh, like if you are someone like me who never had a, a dairy allergy or sensitivity. I literally would drink milk at breakfast and dinner. Or like before bed for so long as a kid. I know that's a lot of milk. So like I'm not saying that there aren't issues. Your bones there. are solid. Solid. Very good. <laughs> but I definitely think that it's like one of those weird food rules that I've been following without actually thinking about it. And while I'll still do like soy milk and almond milk sometimes, I think it was important for me to revisit that and be like, why am I doing that thing? Like what what made that decision for me? And is there a purpose? Because that I think I hadn't thought about that. And that's literally only within the last two months has come up. And it's a bit of a surprise. So here we are. That's always so learning. weird. I was thinking about that. And I was I just like just you saying that I'm like, oh, I was like, I don't think I have any like weird things I follow. And I'm like, oh, I probably if you like dig in, we all probably have like weird little idiosyncrasies that we could all reexamine. Like, 
no yeah. why like and maybe there's a good reason and maybe you're like oh that's like leftover weird habit from before well caitlin do you have any any last words or any last advice as we try to figure out the wagon for us yes to find your own wagon here's just a simple strategy I would add variety where possible. So you could do this in the foods that you're eating, uh, but it doesn't necessarily have to be just in the colors that you're consuming. But if you try to eat the rainbow every day, even if it's only two to three colors, that's awesome. But it could also be different types of proteins, both animal and plant-based. Maybe you try different grains. You could certainly try a lot of different nuts and seeds and beans as well. So just mixing it up And if you have your normal staples, try something else next time. So, for example, if you like orange carrots, try purple carrots. Maybe that's Also, I had purple rice today. How fun is that? Eat the purple version of the vegetable. Yeah, it's it's always better. Yes. That's it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Uh, And if you're hungry, please eat. It is not your body lying to you. You are hungry. (laughs) You aren't thirsty. Yeah, you're not thirsty. We might be both, but – If you hear somebody say that, tell them to shut the hell off because incorrect. And also, if you're thinking about food, that is a symptom that you are hungry as well. So just go have a snack. If you're not sure, just honor that craving and that hunger and see how you feel. You also don't need to earn food on rest days. I feel like I'm going to leave that one there because it's important to train and to eat to support training. So if you don't eat on rest days, you're not recovering from yesterday or preparing for tomorrow. And finally, just take your time to figure out what will actually work for you because you have the most expertise in your life and you know yourself best. And just because so-and-so online, myself included, says one thing doesn't mean that it has to be exactly the blueprint for you because while some of us have expertise in a certain topic or area of study does not mean that we know you best. So you are ultimately the one who can make those decisions for yourself at the end of the day. So love it. That was so helpful. Thanks, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Coaching call with Lauren. (laughs) Yes. No, I love this. This was this was great. Well, I think we can we can probably wrap it up there. Caitlin, is there anything you want to tell tell the good our good wonderful listeners about before we jet off? (laughs) Well, we have I guess a a few things going on on my end. I have some last few spots for one-on-one coaching this fall. And then once they're gone, I am not opening my books until January. So reach out to me now. Uh, (laughs) Other than that, we also have a really cool episode coming up with – Chris and Nate, that is a board meeting episode. Yes, we were on a board meeting with Power Company Climbing, which was so surreal because I, before I even was a coach, listened to board meetings all the time in my car on the way to the job that I hated. And the fact that I am going to be on one with my you best have friend arrived. is really fucking weird <laughs> and I'm so excited. So yeah, that will be coming out on the 20th of October. So mm-hmm. get stoked for that. Yeah. Lauren, um, what do you got going on? Let's see. So at the time that this is being released, I am excited to say that Camp 512 will be reopening. Sick. So, so excited. Uh, so this, this is being released on October 13th. So registration for Camp 512 opens on October 14th. And we will be getting started with the next round of Camp 512 on starting on November 7th. Um, mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard of Camp 512 before, this is my first fourth time running this program um it'll be this is kind of camp 512 2.0 because i'm revamping a lot of the content changing i'm really excited because each week each week for camp 512 this time i'm giving everyone the opportunity to kind of give me a little check-in form about what they're working on so you're going to get a video personalized to you each week based on what you need help with which i think is going to be sweet amazing so camp 512 If you're a climber who feels like their mental game holds them back or fear of falling makes it hard for you to send outdoors or you are climbing at the 510 or 511 level and you want to progress in your roped climbing and you feel like you need some tactics help and some mental game help to do it, you're going to love Camp 512. So stay tuned for more information on that and registration will be opening on the 14th. I'm also keeping the group size. I like, Kayla and I like to keep group sizes very small because I like to have the opportunity. Nice and cozy. Um, Just like we had with our average climber intensive. Shout out. That was awesome. 
Best thing ever. So Best fun. thing ever. Can't <laughs> wait to do it again. But yes, group size will be very small. So just check out the link in the show notes for info on that. But I'm so excited to run Camp 512 2.0 edition for the fourth time ever. It's going to be sick. sick. So, And that's what I think. And then I think I have couple i think two custom plan spots open in Ooh, november go get to get started so if you want to do that get on Don't it wait soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes and i think that's all so yeah i think that's that's all we got so i guess until next time keep, keep it, it average, average. <laughs> Fuck, we're never we're never gonna do it right but it's gonna be funny every time okay every y'all time have a great time <laughs> see you around <laughs> <laughs>